welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. Carlos Ghosn will get to see the outside of a Japanese prison for the first time in almost two months. The former chairman of Nissan has been indicted by Japanese prosecutors on allegations of underreporting his compensation and held in prison under questionable conditions with prosecutors repeatedly extending his detention. It's not because his alleged crime is so severe or because he's a flight risk or because he doesn't have the bail money. It's because of the Japanese legal system. Joining me is Bloomberg columnist Joan O'Sara, who's been following the legal saga. So, Joe, it took maneuvering by Gohn's lawyers to get this court date, but his long detention without a bail hearing is not unusual under the Japanese system, is uh, it? That, that is absolutely correct. Uh, the Japanese system is built around extracting confessions not proving innocence or guilt in a courtroom using evidence. And when you detain somebody for 22 days or 44 days under constant interrogation without your lawyer being present, yeah, you can extract a confession or two that way. Uh, Not only that, but what he has done, this maneuver to get a court hearing is really quite rare. There are something like, uh, I read somewhere that of 100,000 cases last year, only 600 of these appeals were granted. Probably why the Japanese legal system has one of the highest criminal conviction rates in the world. Now, Gohn has chosen to appear in the courtroom for this hearing, and his appearance will most likely contrast with the videos that have been playing on Japanese TV of him during his heyday at Nissan. What do you think he's trying to say here? He's trying to show the world that he has been under extreme and unfair duress. Uh, He supposedly lost somewhere around 30 pounds. Uh, He's going to be wearing whatever it was he was wearing when he walked off the airplane or when he was uh, carted off the airplane. Um, He is going to look haggard. He's going to look really tired. Um, He has complained constantly about the cold, about about, uh, not having enough blankets to sleep at night. So he's going to look bad. And I'm sure that his hope is that um, the West will see it, especially France, uh, where he's still the chairman and CEO of Renault, and that, 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 that an outcry will ensue that will cause him to be able to stay out of prison. Tell us about this story that this is sort of a palace intrigue and a coup. That's sort of behind the scenes. Okay, well, first of all, let's, let's acknowledge that Nissan denies that there's any coup. Right. <laughs> now that we've gotten that out of the way. <laughs> Um, the, the, the bottom line is that uh, 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 Carlos Ghosn and his lawyers and his family and uh, others, many others, believe that what's really going on here is that Nissan no longer wants to be part of this Renault alliance and that Ghosn was planning on actually uh, uh, turning the, basically merging the two companies. And Nissan, which is now much more successful than Renault, wants no part of it and they wanted to basically break off from it. Um, but the only way they could figure out to do it was to get rid of Gone, And the best way to get rid of Gone was to throw him in prison. So what are the charges actually that are against him right now? Um, the only charges that are, the only thing he's actually been in, indicted for is this, this notion that he has hidden his uh, part of his compensation uh, from the company. 
Um, there are other uh, charges. There's a lot of stuff that's been floating around the Japanese press about, uh, you know, whether he has bought homes on with Nissan's money or uh, transferred um, transferred losses onto Nissan's books. But the only thing he's actually been indicted for is this idea that he hid compensation, which he strongly denies. Now, he was arrested with an associate, and the associate has been allowed to go free on bail. What is the distinction? What's the difference between the two of them? Well, the difference between the two of them is that the only, the reason Gohn is back in prison is because they came up with a different set of charges to hold them after the first 22 days. They can hold somebody for 22 days uh, if they get these extensions. Uh, with the associate, Mr. Kelly, they... They ran out of the 22 days, and they don't have other things to charge him with except aiding and abetting Gone for hiding his income. So they had no choice but to let him out. Now, he's out on bail, but he can't leave Japan, and he's basically, for all intents and purposes, under house arrest. Which I'm sure Carlos Gone would accept as, as one of the conditions for... I, I'm, I, I would be willing to bet that's where this is headed. Let's, let's talk a little bit about France's role here. Has France intervened at all with the Japanese? They may have quietly, but they certainly have done nothing publicly. And um, it's pretty astonishing, really, that one of their major industrialists, who's, who's uh, insisting on his innocence and who is being held captive, in effect, in a Japanese prison, uh, that, the Fran that France hasn't lifted a finger publicly for him. Uh, a lot of people say it's because Macron, uh, Emmanuel Macron, the uh, president of the company, is... Um, has been paralyzed by the Yellow Jacket uh, protest, and he's afraid that if he tries to spring Carlos Ghosn, it'd be looking, it, it, it will be a case of elites helping elites, and the Yellow Jacket contingent will be uh, up in arms. So what does this say for the future of the Renault-Nissan alliance? Nothing good. <laughs> I mean, no matter how this turns out for Carlos Ghosn, it's hard to imagine that this alliance can last. Let's talk a little bit about the, the Japanese system. Has it come under criticism before? It has mildly, but there's never been anybody quite so high profile before. Um, and so this has given the Japanese, uh, this has given people a, a pretty, a larger window into how the Japanese system works than any other previous case. There was a case of a marketing representative um, who was arrested because she brought uh, opioids into the country for herself, but that's against the law, and the same thing happened to her, and she was finally thrown out of the country. But no, there's never been a case like this before. And as far as the confessions, and as you said, according to reports, he has been questioned repeatedly and without his lawyer present. Is there any indication that he's made a confession? No, none whatsoever. And his lawyers have insisted uh, that he has not confessed to anything and that he's innocent of all the charges. So what happens at this hearing? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. It's really going to be a hearing about whether he should be thrown back into prison or not. Um, I, 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 the judge has granted the, his lawyers the right to question why he's in prison. And I'm sure they're going to make these arguments like he's not going to go anywhere and, and there's no, he's not going to confess and he shouldn't be in prison. He wants to go to trial. Uh, and I, I, I strongly suspect that he will not go back to prison after this. Well, it's going to be an open court session and he may actually talk during this session. I know. I wish I could go. <laughs> so do I. Oh, for cameras in the courts again. All right. Thanks so much, Joe. It's always a pleasure. Thank That's you, June. Bloomberg columnist Joe Nocera. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. 
You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg.